Welcome, everyone. Welcome to the Carry On Cast. It's good to have you here today. I'm Pastor Megan, and I'm here with... I'm Pastor Brandon. Hey, and it's good to be together. Uh, We are continuing our series uh, called Life in His Name, where we're reading stories from the New Testament that help us uh, hear more about what it's like to have life in Christ's name. What does mm-hmm. it mean to be a community, to be people of God? You know, just the, the simple questions of, of Christian life. What does it mean to exist and live in this world uh, following our Savior? Just easy stuff. <laughs> <The> easy stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Well, and we've been uh, in this series, we had just a teeny bit from the Gospel of John. Uh, We hit just like a couple of the highest points of the book of Acts. And now uh, we're in the book of Philippians, which, uh, as we learned Mm -hmm. last week, uh, is an epistle. Different than a thistle. Which is different from a thistle. Or as my grandpa would have said, a tissle. Ooh. I know, that old scando accent getting at you. But that's a letter, right? So this is a letter from Paul to the church in Philippi. Um, And Pastor Brandon, Mm -hmm. catch us up because you started us in the book of Philippians last week. Yes. Well, this is great because um, several weeks ago, um, Paul actually enters Rome and we're not sure if he ever made it out of Rome. Um, So because Paul is writing these letters, this letter to the, the Jesus followers in Philippi, he's writing these from either imprisonment or house arrest which is kind of six of one yeah half a dozen uh, of the other neither's yeah. uh preferred no yeah. um but we believe he's writing these letters from rome um but for sure we know he's imprisoned somehow because he says that in this letter and he's writing to the philippians um because they have actually sent a messenger to him because remember all the way back that character lydia um, who was a dealer in purple cloth, and, and she received God's word from Paul and Silas and then was baptized in her whole household and starts this house church. And because she's a dealer in purple cloth, she's helping to fund Paul's missionary journeys. Well, they're, they're partners in the gospel now. And so they care about Paul. He cares about them. And so the, the, the Christians in Philippi send Epaphrodites. A good name. Uh, with like a care package, essentially, um, for Paul. And so Paul writes to let them know um, that he's grateful for them. Also that Epaphrodites made it, right? Um, I Be- guess he got really sick on the way. And Well, and keeping in, keeping in mind, too, it's not like they set the the care package via Amazon. Right. Like this had to be yeah, people walking two-day shipping. weeks, uh, maybe hopping on a boat that might yeah. never arrive. I mean, it, travel was much riskier 2,000 yeah, years ago. Yeah, well, absolutely. And we know that um, from the way Paul writes this letter to the Philippians, that he really cares about the people there. The people there really care about him. And it's addressed to, in, in chapter one, uh, to all the saints in Christ Jesus who are in Philippi. And, you know, for Paul, a saint is somebody who's someone who's set apart by God to live as God's holy one. And to live in Christ Jesus would be somebody who's set apart to to have the same values, uh, beliefs, and behaviors as Jesus. Um, so he's writing to this specific community. And it's always kind of fun because you have to read between the lines sometimes and figure out, so why is he writing this letter? What else is he saying? And what sort of issues is he addressing? Um, 
as he writes this letter. So I think, does that kind of get yeah, us caught up? I think that gets, gets us caught up. Uh, we're in chapter two of uh, the letter to the Philippians. And uh, some of these words are going to be familiar to you uh, listeners, especially because a lot of these words uh, are what I like to think of as throw pillow theology. Uh, <laughs> the, the kind of quote that would be really nice on a really pretty mm. throw pillow. Um, so I, I don't necessarily mean to demean it. It's just that you'll go, oh, I've heard that before. Yeah, because it's it's a verse we like to quote. Uh, so this is Philippians chapter 2, verses 1 through 13. And Paul writes, if then, ooh, I want to stop right there. Because mm. he says, if then there is, I just want you to know that the form of the Greek there doesn't mean it might not be. It would be better translated, uh, if then there is any encouragement in Christ, and there is. Ah. It's not an if, like, oh, it might not be. It's a if, and you know it to be true. Okay? Mm. So so hear it, hear it in that light. Okay, I'll start again. <clears throat> Chapter 2, verse 1. If then there is any encouragement in Christ, any consolation from love, any sharing in the Spirit, any compassion and sympathy, make my joy complete. Be of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility, regard others as better than yourselves. Let each of you look not to your own interests, but to the interests of others. Let the same mind be in you that was in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not regard equality with God as something to be exploited, but emptied himself taking the form of a slave, being born in human likeness. And being found in human form, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore God also highly exalted him and gave him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus every knee should bend in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of the God the Father, therefore, my beloved, just as you have always obeyed me, not only in my presence, but much more now in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who is at work in you, enabling you both to will and to work for his good pleasure. Beautiful. Wow. Beautiful words. Yeah. It's too bad there's nothing to unpack in there. Um, there's certainly not a really deep theology of community <laughs> engagement, uh, of, of what we like to call soteriology, which is Ooh. study of our Savior, understanding of yeah. salvation, yeah. right? What it means to be Christian community. No big deal. No big deal. Totally well, fine. And here's what I love, because I, I, I like to try and investigate and figure out, okay, so most of these letters are written, of course, because he loves these people, he's mm -hmm. grateful for mm -hmm. them, but also what problem is he addressing? Right, because it is worth noting that that pretty much all the epistles, as best as we can tell, like weren't just written to be like, hey, how are you? It's good. Yeah. yeah. Write me back. Like yeah. it's not It's not like that. It's yeah. um, very much like um, I've heard you're fighting to the point of condemning some of each other uh, mm -hmm. as being, mm -hmm. you know, sinners born of the devil. So like yeah. – Hey, let's resolve this issue. Yeah, it's yeah. it's usually pretty targeted. Yeah, and this this issue doesn't seem as as big as the ones he brings up in like Galatians or Corinthians. Sure, but sure. he is. I love this. Uh, he says in early on, be of the same mind, mm -hmm. having the same love, being mm -hmm. in full accord and of one mind. 
do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit. So it makes it seem like there's some disagreements. Uh, they're not of the same mind. Um, that some somebody maybe has some selfish ambition. But, but then he launches into this beautiful hymn right. that it, makes it seem like maybe their disagreement is about Jesus right, uh, and the meaning of Jesus for them. This is just a uh, Pastor Meganus English major note. Um, if you're looking in your written Bible, you will see that verses 6 through 11 are, are tabbed differently, mm. right? Like mm-hmm. you've been reading this going, oh, this is, you know, like with paragraphs and indentations. Uh, but your translation probably has verses 6 through 11 looking more like a poem. Um, just note that uh, in in the Greek of this, not only is there no paragraphs or tabs, but there also aren't like spaces between words. So uh, the the writing style is real different. This is this is done as a translator has looked at it and gone, ah, something mm. is happening here. There is something that appears to be um, like a poem, like a hymn. Even and so they've 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 tabbed it accordingly, um, and it gets referred to as the Christ hymn because mm-hmm. there's some there's some sense that this is a quotation possibly from something maybe something that was sung maybe something that became sung later just because it's got kind of a a lyrical feel to it yeah, uh, yeah. so it stands out for lots of reasons well and. One of the things I learned when, when reading about this passage, so this is Catherine A. Shainer, Associate Professor of New Testament from Wake Forest University School of Divinity. I was not aware of this, and it's shocking and alarming. But she says, we could focus more closely on the social and political context of the Roman Empire at the time the New Testament was written. Those who ran the Roman Empire erected stone monuments carved with images celebrating the empire's power over the people it had enslaved. In these images, Roman emperors hold female figures by the hair, exposing anguished faces and twisted bodies. These patriotic images celebrate the Roman Empire's power over the people, both men and women, it had enslaved. The emperors are depicted godlike in their triumphs. There's no mistaking the power over those deemed weak and are dangerous enemies. They are the form of a god. Isn't that disturbing? It's it, and and for such images to be labeled as patriotic, right? Right. That this is what it means to be Roman is mm. to be a dominator, a conqueror, yeah. and and what it means to be less than Roman means to be weak and and frankly worthy of enslavement. Yeah. Right. Oof. Like you're one of us, or we take what we want from mm. you, um, which is is horrifying. On, right. On. I mean, I don't even need to tell you how many levels. And so that makes verse 7 all the more, I mean, distressing, really, mm-hmm. that, that, that Jesus that is being sung about in this hymn emptied himself, taking the form of a slave. And I want you to know, friends, that, that sometimes the NRSV, which is what I'm reading from right now, um, softballs the word slave. Mm-hmm. They'll refer to people as Servants Servant. or or uh, household workers or other just like real it's slave y'all it's slave and it's always slave and this is one place where the where the NRSV gets it right this is the word doulos this is a this is a slave this is somebody who is owned by someone else who does not have autonomy whose whose sole role is to serve the other without mm. any thought of their own needs so it is. Um, it is meant to freak you out. Mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. because it's meant to say, wait a minute, I thought we hated Rome. I thought we didn't want to be oppressed and dominated by Rome. Why would you take Jesus, the one we worship, the one who is who is God, and say, he took the form of one who is so oppressed and dominated that he does not even belong to himself. He belongs to someone else. You want me to emulate that. Hmm. No, thank you. No. <laughs> well, and we do. And here's what I love about this, as we mentioned, that, and I'll just refer to it as the Christ hymn. Yeah. You know, in your Bible, yeah, it's yeah, yeah. that part that's not really in paragraphs. Anyways, um, well, number one, I'm not going to sing it for you. But number two. Do you know the, do you know it, the tune? No. <laughs> And I, I'm pretty sure there are biblical interpreta- interpreters yeah. who would love to hear that. Well, tune. I think we thank God that I don't know the tune. Hey! Um, but I, I would think, you know, if you're sitting there, you've got a notebook or a whiteboard, because everybody listens to the podcast with a whiteboard. I do every um, day. And just make two columns. Mm-hmm. And one that says, because this gives us a beautiful image of, here's what it looks like to live uh, as Christ lived. Mm. And here's what it looks like to live uh, as somebody who's loyal to the Roman Empire. Uh, so we've got these two, you know, living as a holy one, living as somebody loyal to Rome. And, you know, in one column, you've got this, and and I won't tell you which column to put this in, but, you know, <laughs> humbleness, humility, servanthood, w- which column do you think that goes under? That feels that feels like a follower of, of Christ. Yes. Yes. Bingo. Correct. <sighs> I got it right. Yeah. And, and then you've got on this other column is power and authority and these, you know, statues holding up slaves by their hair. Um, and so, I mean, we get this beautiful and challenging image mm. to the empire that says this is actually um, how life in God's kingdom looks. And it's quite different. And what people would consider in the Roman Empire to be weakness would actually be strength. Yeah. But it can also be misused, Pastor yes. Megan, because I think you even put in your worship planning notes, yeah. this text can get misused by telling some, but not all, mm-hmm. people that they must endure all kinds of suffering because Jesus did. Right. But this isn't about manipulating people or endorsing abuse, I don't think. No. In fact, uh, scripturally... God appears to be generally anti-abuse and manipulation. Um, So I'm going to go ahead and say Mm -hmm. that what's at stake here is not, I think we've all been in the point where where someone says to us, probably someone who loves us, somebody who who thinks the best, um, says things to you like, um, well, maybe you should just get over yourself and Mm -hmm. do what's best for the family. Or, uh, you know, really, what I think you need to do is is set aside that interest and and, and really um, work harder because we we need you. Mm. Mm. Um, There's kind of an enforced martyrdom that can that can get used here to say that. And and I I don't mean to um, overgeneralize. I think it gets done to women a lot Mm -hmm. um, where the idea is you would be worth more if there were less of you, mm. right? Like if, if who you are as an individual like got completely absorbed to the point where all you were worth is what you gave to other people, that's mm. probably what would be best. I don't think that's what's going on here, um, especially because when that way of thought gets used, it is used exactly as the Roman Empire would have enforced obedience on uh, the people that they ruled. This sense of like, 
mm, you should really get in line. You should really do what I want you to do. Mm-hmm. It's not about you, actually. It's about what I want and what's most comfortable for me. So what's being said here is not uh, what you are doesn't matter to God. Who you are doesn't matter to God. What you what you need, what your desires are, what your interests are, those don't those don't matter to God. The only thing that matters is if you give yourself away completely to others. That's mm. not quite what's being said here. Mm. What's what's being said here is um, if what we're seeking is power over others, that's not what Jesus expects of us. That's not mm. the model that was set for us. And and remember too that in verses 9 and 10, you know, therefore God also highly exalted him and gave him the name that is above every other name because he's Jesus. Hmm. Right? Like what's at stake is not if you're humble enough, everyone will see how special you are. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's not a give this to get that. Hmm. It's reminding us that the way of Christ is not power and dominion. It is not these public displays of I am in charge. I get to do what I want. It's this quiet act of, of, of service and care and compassion and not power for power's sake or power mm. even for my own sake. Any power I may have is so that I can continue to love and serve and care for my community, my friends, my family, people I will never meet, that that, that, that is what is asked for me as a as a Christian. And mm. and that would have been, frankly, just as revolutionary 2,000 years ago as I believe it still is today. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, I, I really think that as many Christians can say things like, oh, we're just really here to serve others and we're just really here to love. Like we say those things, <laughs> but what we act out is um, everybody better agree with me. Everybody, everybody better do it the way I want it mm. done. I want to impose my belief and way of life on everybody else. Those two things don't really go together. Um, it's it, so it's it's a really fine line to walk for for a Christian to say how am I how am I standing up for myself? How am I making sure that who I am, who God made me to be, is um, is seen and honored, and at the same time, ensuring that it's not so much about me, but about all of these beautiful people that God has called me to love and serve. Hmm. So you get, in if you're keeping track on your sheet of paper mm-hmm. or whiteboard mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. in these two columns. I'm hoping got, whiteboard. I'm just yeah, really hoping I, and, whiteboard. And if you don't have one, I mean, get one. Get one. That's the best way to follow along with the podcast. High technology right yeah. there is a whiteboard. Bingo. Right. Um, but so then we've got in, in the uh, Roman Empire column, you know, looking out for ourselves, mm. um, hustle, to get ahead. Oh, right? yeah. Ouch. Uh, expect others to do the same. Mm-hmm. Right? And then you've got in the in the Jesus column, in mm-hmm. the Holy Ones column, um, look out for others. Mm-hmm. Um, giving giving a, giving out mm-hmm. of love, not mm-hmm. out of expectation for reciprocity Ooh. or reward. Yeah. Um, but then also you, you, you mentioned something too that I think is really helpful because sometimes we think we... If we don't give all of ourselves away for other people, then 
then we haven't done it correctly. Right. And so we, we run around ragged until right. we burn ourselves out. Yeah. And, and I don't think that's good either. Well, and I just want to point out that if your theology <laughs> is, I have to give away myself to be worth something, that once you burn yourself out, you will not mm. be able to give any of yourself anymore. So mm. you will have contradicted your own theology. Yeah. So. A gentle suggestion to not burn yourself out. Yeah, and I think, you know, the FAA would agree um, on all the the safety talks when you get on an airplane, you know, is Mm, put mm -hmm. your oxygen mask Mm -hmm. on first Mm -hmm. before tending to those around you. Yeah. Um, Because if you're dead, you can't really be of service. You can't help anyone at all. I remember being on a plane for the first time with my kid and they gave that talk and they said, you have to put your oxygen mask on first and then help any kids. And she looked at me with great big wide eyes like, but I thought you loved me. And I had to explain to her that it is because I love you that I would put my oxygen mask on first so that I could make sure I could breathe and think so that I was able to mm-hmm. help you. I don't yeah. think she bought it. Yeah, but. when my kids asked me what that meant, I just told them, it means we're all going to die. <laughs> and uh, and that's why we don't fly anymore. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, Pastor Brandon, I, I, I learned so much about parenting from you. It's just yeah. really there's meaningful. A, there's a helpful way to do it, and then there's my way. Um, well, friends, I'm um, literally crying right now. <laughs> so, Pastor Brandon, any last thoughts? I think, well, I think, you know, because we're all going to die, I think there is hope um, in Jesus that, that when we continue to remember that all God did for each one of us in Jesus Christ, perhaps it's liberating to mm. remember that the hard work has already been done for us. Amen. It is It is why whenever I see a what would Jesus do bracelet, the sarcastic part of me goes, well, what Jesus did was die for my sins. Mm. <laughs> um, I, 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 can't, I can't assert that I'm willing or able to mm-hmm. do the same. Mm-hmm. And I praise God every day that, that that is not asked of me. Yeah. Yeah. And, we, and I think we do have these beautiful, if I just imagine walking down a, a city street mm. and on one side are these carvings or whatever stone structures, uh, you know, of power yeah. and authority. And then on the other side of this street are these images of washing people's feet and eating food together and breaking bread with those who maybe we normally wouldn't break bread with. And I think, whew, well, that's two different kingdoms right there. And it, it is, I think, a, a witness to the reality of human life that we uh, don't always go towards the one side of the street, that we often mm. go to the other side. And um, I, all I hope for, friends, is that uh, that God's grace is sufficient for each day, because uh, I'm going to mess it up some days. Uh, and I praise God that I get one more day to give it another try, unless I'm flying with Pastor Brandon. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> and then it might be all done. <laughs> And that feels like a really great place to end, friends. <laughs> this is the Carry On Cast, which is the podcast of Easter Lutheran Church, where our mission is to grow in faith and, and carry, carry on. on the work of Jesus Christ. Thanks, everybody. May the road rise on.